Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Faithful listeners. Some people say that I need attention, but that is just not true. So to prove my critics wrong, I have stepped aside for one week to allow you to experience an all-female show. This estrogen-fueled nightmare that we are calling the Dweeb Vagina Dialogues. Now this is a dark episode, not because of the content, but rather the rage and anger that permeate from the panelists. So sit back and enjoy, as much as one can in the absence of the Colonel and Timmy, these three lovely gals as they discuss some dastardly crime and complain about things that they're going to complain about. But fear not, I will return next week to impart my wisdom upon you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs, the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Since it is Women's History Month, um, I am very excited to, A, not have any penises on this show, so I'm excited for that, and I'm also very, very excited about podcasting with some of my very, very favorite people on this earth. Um, So... I'm going to start with Charlie. Um, Charlie is a very accomplished podcaster and a lovely, lovely human being. And I want to tell her, first of all, welcome. Thank you. And, yes. And and tell us, first of all, tell us about your, your other podcast in case, you know, for whatever reason, people don't know about them yet. So tell me about those. So my main podcast is called Crime Lines. It is a true crime podcast. It goes really in-depth on cases. The other podcast that I write for is called Rusty Hinges. It's not like History Dweebs in format because it's scripted and it has just one host, but it's similar themes, just taking historic true crime cases, hoaxes, and trying to be funny about them. So that's called Rusty Hinges. And Lars does that, right? Your husband does that. Yes. He's he's actually very funny. Yes, my husband. Yeah, he's the host of it. He pulls up his Oklahoma accent for it, which he doesn't break out very often. But, you know, he's he likes to get credit for all the funny jokes I write for him, but it's, he is, he is very funny. He has very good timing, so it works out well. Good. And how are you and your 80 kids dealing with the stay at home and the pandemic and 
the zombie, uh, the impending zombie apocalypse, clearly. Yeah, we're actually nearing the, they can't lower the crowd gathering number any lower or we will have to give away a child or two. So uh, yeah. that's, that's you know, we've been spending some time debating which one and um, we've decided all of them, <laughs> all six, sure, they can sure. go. And yeah, I mean, they're stir crazy a little. I've tried to do the great spin. We're having so much great family time. And then I go and drink in the bathroom. It's exactly. it's great. Because it's all lies. <laughs> it's all lies. Nobody, people are not built for this much family time. They're not. No, this, Hell no. nobody needs this much togetherness. Yeah, and Dave's on third shift right now. So I feel like that's the only thing that's saving us. Mm. Um, when he goes back on first shift and we actually spend time together uh, along <laughs> with our little one and you know the big one my older one lives in the building next to ours and so him and his girlfriend are over here and stuff all the time so yeah it's it could go downhill really really quickly yeah and how is homeschooling going for you (laughs) so Mm -hmm. so not everybody knows but i I actually homeschooled my kids for about a decade i got one of them to college Uh, When my kids went to public school, they were honor students. I felt very good about what I did, but I like it being in my past and being a fond memory. And so all I'm remembering are all the things I actually didn't like about it now that I'm having to do it over again. Thankfully, my big kids are, I mean, they're pretty self-sufficient, but um, yeah, this kindergarten math, it's a thing. It's It's a thing I've never seen before in my goddamn life. Yeah. And it's and it's bullshit. And I know. I'm like, it, it's two plus two. Why do we need all this drama around it? What are these circles on this page? I, I don't know. It's yeah. I'm just what I'm doing what I can. Yeah. What's a chart? And here's my other thing, too. I think we disband the National uh, Basketball Association and just take that money and pay all the teachers whatever yeah. they want. If you need me whatever to disband another league. I will I will absolutely do that for you. Please just yes. whatever you need. Just They put up with it. this nonsense times 20 30 kids. Like I no. I don't even reason. like it from one. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's a reason that I'm not a teacher. I don't oh, like children. Yeah. I barely can tolerate <laughs> my own. Um and I don't like children. I don't like being in a room full of smart ass children where you can't just kind of tap one. And be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, tell him to shut the fuck up. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of that. But, um, well, good, Charlie. I'm glad everybody's still alive at your house. It's very reassuring. And uh, the other lovely, uh, smooth as silk voice that you hear that, of course, is not (laughs) mine, is the very wonderful, wonderful, talented Erica Kelly. Um, Erica, how is your, you don't have all the little kids that we do. How is, how is quarantine life for you? And tell us about your podcast. Well, okay. My podcast is Southern Fried True Crime. I cover crimes from the deep South and, you know, the good old boy justice system. Uh, people tend to like an accent. It's not, you know, it's kind of surprising to me i thought that would be something that would hold me back but yeah for whatever reason people like an accent it's weird as far as homeschooling i have teenagers and they pretty much already had their credits for the semester 
um, my daughter had one paper to write, and bless her heart, she's a senior who was missing out on prom and graduation. Oh, bless yeah, heart. I have I have one of those too, and yeah, it's so sad. We're gonna make him. My uh, we're gonna make him graduate on the front lawn because I'm like I'm not missing this moment. Right. They said they're gonna they're gonna they are gonna have a graduation. At some point, we just don't know when, whenever we're out of lockdown, but they're yeah. probably out of prom. So we're going to throw a prom in our backyard when it's safe. Nice, yeah. Uh, my other teenager is a boy, and he basically hangs out in our den, so that now smells like ass and feet 24-7. Sure. Um, you know, so the norm. Uh, my dog hates everybody except me, so she's not really thrilled with the situation Everybody, of everybody being home with mom during the day. She's used to it just being us. Mm-hmm. My husband is an essential, so he's not here in my way, which is good. Yeah. But yeah. Um, like everybody else, I'm basically just drinking more and <laughs> trying to get through. I know. <laughs> and, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, us and and I, I dare say the entire nation owes a debt of gratitude to Netflix and the Tiger King. For oh for no shit for getting us through this, um, and uh, like I was uh, telling Charlie before you got on here, Erica, they're dropping a new episode of The Tiger King this week on oh, on really? Netflix. Yes, I did not know that. So we all have that to look forward I, to. I need Hulu to hurry up with their version of The Stand. I am a sicko and I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I know now is probably not the time, but I like I've been watching Contagion and Outbreak and listening to The Stand on audiobook. Like I'm just a freak. Well, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lean in. <laughs> I watched. I started to watch the um, the thing on Netflix about the um, the uh, the oh shit pandemic that documentary about the pandemic that they were talking about being prepared for a flu pandemic or whatever and it was filmed last year and it was oh. all like all of this stuff yeah no thanks we're going through i had to stop it i stopped it after one episode I, i'm like i just i can't i cannot yeah it's too freaky i can't do it so you know that's i've been saving that one <laughs> yeah so that's how i've you know that's how we're all getting through well good 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 i'm glad everybody is adjusting and surviving as much as you know as we are so dave and i are both essential workers so we're both out of the house and it's nice it's nice to be able to go out and do stuff although yeah we're not essential workers but we're both still employed i mean i'm self-employed anyway but so we're working full-time from home and homeschooling so that's that's been a lot of fun yeah no you're probably drinking even more than I am, Charlie. <laughs> As she but, should. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's fair at this point. I'm just allowed. I get a pass. Sure. Yeah. You still have to do 100%. it in the bathroom, though. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Mine are teenagers. I give no shits. Exactly. Exactly. Well, good. So today we are going to talk about Myrtle Bennett, who was a lovely woman. Uh. From what I'm reading here, back in the 19, <laughs> back in the 1918, 1920s. So, um, are you all ready to dive into this? Well, yeah, yes, ma'am. sounds let's good. Learn. All right, well, let's learn a little bit about Myrtle here. Little Myrtle Atkins grew up watching her widowed mother Alice scrub floors in the house of one of the wealthiest men in Little Rock, Arkansas, all day. 
Even as a child, she knew she wanted more for herself and her mother. But in pre-World War I America, there were not so many widely available paths for women to rise above their station. Preach, sister. Uh, a higher education was usually not one of those things particularly not one of those things, excuse me, particularly for someone as poverty stricken as Myrtle. Which I think is probably still true today. <laughs> like we could just it, fast forward a, a hundred yeah. years and we're we're in the it same is. spot. College is expensive. Yeah. And honestly, her name's Myrtle, so I don't know where you go. There's never gonna be a Myrtle in charge of Apple or HP or anything. No, you're you're always going to be Myrtle. Yeah, you're always just going to be Myrtle. Yeah. So basically, Myrtle had two options. One was to drop out of school and enter the workforce as early as possible with the hopes that training and experience would get her to a living wage eventually. Or the better option was to marry well. So Myrtle being foolish, went with the first option at first. Uh, she worked as a telephone operator in Memphis until she learned shorthand. She quickly became a skilled stenographer, which was a job that paid enough for her to support herself and kept her from having to do the physical labor of domestic work like her poor mother. At some point in 1918, as the story goes, 22-year-old Myrtle was on a train from Memphis to Chicago. Well... I, I had a midnight train to Georgia flash there for a second. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we need to definitely have some ambiance with this. It's too bad we don't we can't talk Chuck into putting some music under this for this romantic moment yeah, on the train. I don't know that he could anyway. Um, <laughs> so she looks across and she sees a handsome soldier who looked rather familiar. They're probably related somehow. Um, though she had never, <laughs> though she had never met twenty-five-year-old Jack Bennett before, Myrtle realized that she'd seen his photo at the home of a mutual friend. She noticed it then for the same reason that she noticed him on the train. Jack was hot. Uh, so Jack, I guess before he knew her name, asked Myrtle out, <laughs> and, and then found that the two had a lot in common. Like Myrtle, Jack wanted a more comfortable life than he had growing up on a farm in Illinois. The pair took their futures seriously, so they took three they took three whole dates before deciding to get married. Ooh, girl, no. They wed in November of nineteen eighteen, right after the end of World War One. So I think this is just Letting our audience know that this story is going to get good. They barely knew each other when they got married, and what he was coming wrong? back from war, which, you know, is not traumatizing at all. No. No, not at no. all. It's, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. fine. This is a beautiful yes. story. <laughs> and Don't worry, Dottie. Someone will die. I Someone promise. Someone will die, Dottie. Here's the, here's the thing. And to this day, do we not know people that have known... You know, that get with these guys for like, you know, a month and they're like, oh, I love him and we're going to get married and have babies and it's going to be great. And I'm not friends with those people anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I used to be, I was one of those people. So here's something. Um, I got married a little young and Lars and I knew each other from the day we met to the day we got married was 10 months. And well, that's not too bad. And, um, yeah, we. I was 18 when we met, and then we decided to just 
have a shit ton of kids together, so we can't afford child support if we split. So that's really kept us together (laughs) for like, you know... 20-something years. (laughs) Hey, keeping families together for decades. That's right. Have too many kids. You can't afford child support. It's magical. I love his heart. It is magical. That's a magical story. (laughs) Yeah, Dave and I kind of feel the same way. Like, I really just, I don't have it in me to go out. and Because Dave and I knew each other. It was maybe, maybe a year when we decided to get married. So, it was... And we met online, so we had that going for us. Yeah. I'm the opposite of both of you. Mike and I were friends for 10 years. Oh, wow. We were actually, (laughs) we were married to other people at one point, and then I was like a serial monogamist after my divorce. And then when he got divorced, he caught me at a single time, and love blossomed. Aw. See, that's lovely. Yeah, he'd been a good buddy for 10 years. That's lovely. And he knew you were crazy. So he did, yeah. you know, actually we counted it up one time. He moved my crazy ass eight times because as a serial monogamist, I would always move in with my boyfriend. Yeah. And then when I broke up, um, they basically called it like my little family mafia would come and move me out in the dead of night. And he, I could always count on him. He moved me eight times. Wow. That is love. That is love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Lars got blindsided by my crazy. He didn't have enough time to see it before. That's the problem. That's smart, though. That's smart. Yeah, good, trap them. Trap them early, yeah. ladies. <laughs> I just kind of. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm like an onion, man. It's just you peel back a layer, and hey, there's a whole new level of crazy. Hey, looky there. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so they're in love and dumb. Let's see. They so they spent the early years of their marriage moving around as Jack built his career as a salesman. He worked for Richard. Hudnut Incorporated. <laughs> Hudnut. Hudnut. None of us are mature enough for that. Dick, Dick Hudnut. Um, let's see. I know. We're like 12-year-old boys. So it's a perfume and cosmetics company. He should have married company. Myrtle. I don't know. That's a horrible name for a perfume and cosmetics company. Yeah. No shit. Uh, he wasn't a direct-to-consumer seller. He sold to stores throughout the United States. So he dealt with large quantities of inventory and made a pretty comfortable living. By the mid-1920s, Jack and Myrtle had lived in Sioux Falls, Houston, and San Antonio before landing in Kansas City, where Jack was made the supervisor of the Midwest Territory. Good for him. Oh, the promotion. Here we go. The promotion meant a salary of $18,000 a year, which would be about $250,000 in today's money. See? Damn it. Yeah, you should have become a Mary Kay lady because clearly that's where the money is in well, cosmetics. Yeah, Avon, anything. <laughs> Jesus, Any God. of them. Um, so with the money came a bigger place to live, and they bought a large ground floor apartment in Kansas City's Country Club District. With the larger home, Myrtle was able to move her mother, Allison, with them. Oh, God, why? Always a great idea, mm. right? Mother-in-laws make everything go smoothly. I don't know what you're talking about. Ha-ha. you. I laugh because it's so true. It's um, so true. It's yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> I, my in-laws, my in-laws are a train wreck. All right. <laughs> and they don't listen to this, so I can talk smack all day long. Train nice. wreck. <laughs> Oh, my God. I've never seen two more narcissistic people in my life. Oh. 
I know. I had to. You have no idea how much I've had to raise my husband since yeah. <laughs> getting away from those fucking people. I'm like, you know, this is not normal for them to talk about, you know, your weight or whatever it is. Like, not right. normal. People don't do that. It's none of their business what's in our 401k. None of their business. Stop talking. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. All right. So. Not only did Alice move in with Myrtle, but she was able to stop working and stay home with the anticipation of children joining the family. Uh, But Myrtle had trouble getting pregnant, and when she did, she had two miscarriages. So Myrtle was at home a lot while Jack traveled for work, with only her aging mother for company and nothing but free time. Myrtle needs to get a hobby. So she decided... Oh, she did get a hobby. (laughs) Unfortunately. The beginning of the end. I know, but she takes up bridge, and what doesn't bridge have like a thousand cards or something you have to keep track of? I have no idea how to play bridge. I've, yeah, me neither. It's actually really hard. I've tried. Yeah, and I'm pretty good at card games. No, I can do euchre, but I can't. Like, I can't play poker. It just doesn't. I don't know. I'm really not cute enough to be as stupid as I am about some stuff. I'm not that cute. <laughs> I like. I should be more well rounded instead of just walking around. Whatever. So Myrtle, she takes up playing bridge, trying to keep herself busy and socialize. Um, and she was, you know, she was pretty good at it. Um, yeah. For those of you who don't know how to, pray, how to play bridge, none of us do either, clearly. But, you know, it's not the point. And there's this, this, there's some marital drama coming up, and I know you're shocked. So I'm glad you're all sitting down to hear <laughs> that. The first rift in the marriage showed up in 1926. Not long after the couple settled in Kansas City, Jack returned home from a business trip to St. Joseph, Missouri, which is a city about an hour north of their home. Myrtle was sorting his clothes and found love letters stuffed in his pocket. They were from a woman in St. Joe expressing her adoration of Jack. Oh, Jack wants to get his shit lit on fire. Is that what I'm seeing? Okay. Yeah, Jack Jack wasn't quite ready to settle down. And here they are. They've been married. At this point, they would have been married five or six years. Yeah, Jack. Jesus. Well, and her name's Myrtle. I bet the other girl's <laughs> name was probably... You know, you're making the crepe Myrtle trees in my yard weep right well, now. You know that, Oh, right? you're hurting not... the tree's feelings. That's fine. There's trees <laughs> named that. Is. Not people. And I bet... <laughs> And I bet this girl who wrote the letters, her name was like Brittany or something. Yeah. So, I mean, she's got no chance. <laughs> so Myrtle had long wondered if Jack had been, you know, screwing around during his business trips. And this was confirmation. Well, there's no record of how this affected Myrtle. But let's take a guess that she was not very happy about it. Uh, but it's very likely that leaving Jack never seriously crossed her mind because it was the 1920s and it's not something that you did. Uh, If it did cross her mind, she probably dismissed it quickly. Divorce wasn't as common or acceptable um, and Myrtle had her mother to think of and, you know, she was in a lifestyle to which she had become accustomed. Exactly, Uh, For the first time ever, her mother Alice was able to stop working for other people and live comfortably and she couldn't support both of them the way that Jack could with his large salary. She only ex- she would only expect to make about $1,000 a year as a stenographer, which would be about $14,000 in today's money, so all bad. So, yeah, so poverty, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. So she stayed 
unhappily married to Jack for three more years. On Sunday, September 29, 1929, 36-year-old Jack spent his morning golfing in Mission Hills with his neighbor, Charles Hoffman. Mission Hills is where the rich people are, for those who are not familiar with the area. I would not it's, be familiar where any rich people are. So Yeah, I am <laughs> I sometimes have to drive through Mission Hills if I'm avoiding the highway to get my daughter to and from dance and yeah, it's where the the rich rich people live. Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback who just won the Super Bowl, he yeah. just bought a he bought a house there. So that that's the level oh. we're talking. So do you get dirty looks when you drive through there because they know that they, they just know. Well, you yeah, can't can see anybody because their houses are like on these huge lawns and they have like hedgerows or stone walls blocking you. So you don't actually see yeah, people Yeah, they're not there. trying to see the peasants. Yeah, nobody wants <laughs> nobody wants to see me in my Pacifica minivan full of kids driving through Mission Hills. Nobody wants oh. to see that. Make no mistake. They see you. It's all on security camera. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. that's a good point. That's true. Yeah, they see you. So, so actually, they've reported ever... my my license plate. I'm sure. Oh yeah. So if you ever kill somebody, we can follow you through Mission Hills on security footage. So <laughs> that's exactly how it'll go. Oh yeah. So I'll, that's helpful for me to know. Okay. So, uh, goddamn these people with their weird ass names. So Myrtle, <laughs> who was 34, was entertaining Charles's wife Mamie. For fuck's sake. Uh, I kind of like that one. Mamie? Mamie. Mamie sounds like an old woman. Like a really old woman. Well, so does Myrtle. Well, they would. I mean, if they were alive today, they'd be like 120. So, yeah. (laughs) They're really old women. That's fair. (laughs) But, I mean, no. But, like, Mamie is what somebody calls their grandmother instead of, you know. I thought Mamie was like a nickname. You thought Mamie was what? I thought Mamie was a nickname, like, for Maybelle. Or, yeah. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. It, Maybe it was. I don't know. That's not, but that's not a good, that's not a good Christian name. <laughs> like no. Myrtle. Like Myrtle. <laughs> Myrtle. Uh, so she, so they were preparing lunch for when the husbands returned. I don't, all right. Ugh. After the meal, Mamie and Myrtle went to go golfing. Oh, they wanted to go golfing. So the four set off again. According to Mamie and Charles, everything seemed fine. <laughs> it all seemed fine. <laughs> seemed. They're so nice. They're such a quiet couple. Uh, the couples got along well and enjoyed a few drinks throughout the day, in spite of this being the time of prohibition. All so something, the, something about them um, going golfing that I didn't put in this is it's actually a little funny because the men went in the morning because women were not allowed on the golf course until later in the day. And they had all these restrictions because women golfing is clearly obscene and not welcome in the eyes of God and the eyes of Mission Hills. So that's why the women had to wait till after lunch to go later in the day to go golfing with their husbands. Well, hell, I'm surprised they were allowed to go at all. Yeah, I mean, apparently. I, mean, I guess at least they got the afternoon. Yeah, Mission Hills, all progressive there. I think according to my mother, or not my my brother's mother-in-law, uh, women playing golf automatically will turn them lesbian. Oh, <laughs> so, that's mean, good to know. Well, I mean, you so you got that going for you. Maybe yeah. You, want, you know, can't be a lesbian until the afternoon. Yep. So. 
So they go play golf, and um, they uh, they went. Then the women wanted to go to a movie, but Chuck and Jack had just golfed twice in one day, and they were so tired. It's been a big day, so they wanted to stay Aww. in. But they didn't want to call it a night quite yet. Nah, <laughs> dirty. So Jack set up a card <laughs> table so they could all play bridge. Well, that's not as dirty. All right. So what you need to know about bridge to under you got to know you got to know this about bridge to understand what happened next. Bridge is played with two teams of two people and the teammates sit across from each other. What your partner does determines what you do, but obviously you can't see their hand and you have to have like this unspoken communication and pay attention to the cards. Like you have to have So it's like it's kind of like when you cheat in spades. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's just no, like I'm spades. very good at that, so I should learn bridge. You're very okay. good at cheating at spades. Is that what you just said? Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. It depends on who you If you, you play ain't cheating, with. you ain't trying. <laughs> if I get somebody, like if I get my dad, my dad picks up on no verbal cues at all because we play euchre, which is like spades. And he picked, there's no like nonverbal verbal cues. You have to actually spell it out for my dad. Nice. Like, hey, I need you to throw a heart. Instead, my dad is the one who taught me to cheat. He did say, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Well, <laughs> he raised a couple of little cheaters in our family. You do what you got to do to win. I get it. Hell yeah. All right. So Myrtle and Jack made one team and Mamie and Charles made the other. Oh, they split into couples. Okay. Adorable. First mistake. It should have been the girls against the <laughs> yep. boys. Agreed. Well, right. You shouldn't. You and know. we're about to find out how much it should have been. So Myrtle was playing bridge like it was her job because she was probably really good at it and this was no bullshit and jack was playing like a fucking dick and just winging (laughs) cards all over the place and just like it was a hobby and it was just a game well clear it's not just a game it's fucking bridge so they were not a good pairing and as the game went on myrtle started getting really competitive about it and and this is where the trash talk started because after a bad round, Myrtle called Jack a bum bridge player. And Jack replied, maybe I'm not the only one. I don't know how you stay married after that kind of talk. <laughs> I know. Just inappropriate. <laughs> inappropriate. Inappropriate. Too much trash talk. So Myrtle was right. Jack sucked. But she called him out and she embarrassed him in front of their guest. And for a man with an ego like Jack's, that was not going to work. So Jack got to his feet, reached across the small card table, grabbed Myrtle by the wrist, and slapped her across the face multiple times. So this card game just took a hard left. Still sitting, and I imagine that she's smiling at this point, Myrtle (laughs) said, no man will strike me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. She has to be smiling at this point. She got up. <laughs> I picture her smiling. I yeah. picture her smiling. She got up and told her guests that it would be good to call it a night so she could speak with her husband alone. So please, Charlie, what what happened next? So Myrtle held it together for a couple more seconds. Just like you guys said, smile on, plastered on her face, Stepford wife style. But then she broke down. She started sobbing. She was also incredibly embarrassed he just hit her in front of these friends of hers so maybe you tried i don't know about you guys but i cry when i'm really mad yeah oh yeah which makes me more mad but i would definitely cry if i got slapped which makes me more mad for fuck's sake because then i can get out how mad i am so i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead no you're fine I think the whole point of the show is to interrupt from what I've Ugh. heard as a right, longtime listener. <laughs> so Mamie. Sure. Yeah, right. Mamie <laughs> comforted Myrtle while Jack yelled that he was leaving. He was going to go on his business trip immediately rather than leave in the morning like they had planned. And he's I think it's to good Brittany. to remember. Yeah. I, yeah. He's going to hang out with Brittany. I think it's good to remember that everyone's been drinking for half the day at this point and into the night. So things are a little hazy. But instead of just packing what Jack would need for this trip, he starts just stuffing all his shit in the suitcase. And it really looked like he was not coming home. Jack was yelling at... Yeah, I would be like, see ya. So Jack was telling the guests to leave... And then he yelled at Myrtle to go get his gun. So when Jack would go on these business trips, yeah, go get a gun because we've been drinking, we're angry, we're hurt, and we're embarrassed. Go get my gun. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And I just slapped the shit out of you. Yeah, and and I just hit you. Let's bring a loaded gun into the equation. So So this So Jack made a lot of money, but he wasn't very bright. Oh, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) He he wasn't really good at the people part, except like other women. But that he was pretty good at. So what he would do with this gun, though, is he left it at the apartment when he would go on these business trips because he didn't want to leave two women home alone without protection. And the gun was actually kept in Myrtle's mother, Alice's room. So she's already in bed and she's not waking up to this commotion, apparently. Jack is yelling to get his gun. So Jack was in the bedroom, in the couple's bedroom packing, and Charles was not going to leave like Mamie starts getting her coat at some point but Charles is like maybe we should stay and kind of calm this situation down Charles needs so to get Mer- the fuck out it's not his business get yeah Charles, Charles needs to yeah well <laughs> let's just say Charles injects himself into this situation but yeah get out yeah go they they both of them asked you to leave but you know maybe um maybe it's good to try to help Jack not you know beat his wife or something so so Myrtle is going to her mother's room to get the gun and she's crying and she just flicks on that light when she goes in there. So Alice is like, what's going on? And Myrtle just said Jack was leaving. 
So Myrtle digs out this gun at the bottom of the closet and walks through the den towards the master bedroom. And Charles looks up at her and yells, what are you doing? Because instead of holding the gun like she's going to hand it to Jack, she actually has her arm straight out in front of her with the gun pointed at her husband. Well, Charles needs to, again, get the fuck up out of the way or you're getting ready to get a cap. Yeah, That's all I'm saying, Charles. (laughs) Charles is in danger. Yeah. What are you doing? I feel like it's obvious. Yeah. (laughs) What are you doing? Please move. I'm about to kill my abusive husband. If you could step aside, I would appreciate that. It's a big old water. None your fucking business. Get the fuck out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jack... Jack hears Charles yell as he's packing, so he looks up and he sees Myrtle with the gun pointed at him. And he tried to slam the door shut because, you know, doors will save you. Well, Myrtle fired twice and she did hit the door with one of the bullets. Jack ran. I mean, yeah, it's a door. Now, there's another way. One of the bullets. Where's the other one? I, you know, I'm not entirely sure there hasn't. It's got to be somewhere, right? She's not really a great shot, clearly, Clearly. because she missed and he was like through a doorway from her. Not very far. So Jack ran and out a different way into their room and was trying to get out of the apartment. So Myrtle fired twice more. And this time she got him both times. He was a lot closer to her, apparently. So Jack fell in the living room where he died. He did not serpentine yeah, like girl. you're supposed to. No, back he and forth, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> he, he did not. He did not take the safety training at work that he should yeah. have been taking. Yeah, exactly. So so Myrtle Jack Jack. Yeah, Jack. I mean, he could have moved out of the way. Well, now Myrtle is horrified at what she just did. So she dropped the gun and she ran to Jack and cradled his body as the police were obviously called and on their way. So the police arrive and they... That's already a good look for her though, really. Yeah. 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 She, uh, she's a little unstable here. Also a little drunk. So... After the police got there, they asked Charles and me. Oh, who has not? (laughs) So Chuck and Mamie need to mind their business. Yeah, well, now they're going to actually. They told the police what happened that night. The and it's kind. It's the facts that we just laid out of what happened that night. And hearing this, the police are like, "Oh." She murdered her husband. Okay. So they took Myrtle away to jail to be booked for the murder. She was so upset that she had to be sedated. Fucking Charles and Mamie. Can't take them fuckers to war. They just rat everybody out. They didn't even have to be tortured. They just ratted people out. They just just spilled. Oh, right here. I would hide a body for either one of you. Oh, thank you, Brandy. Oh, I would definitely yeah, hide that. Chuck's body for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well. for sure. For <laughs> sure I'd yeah. help with that. I mean, I Timmy, I'd feel torn. Side. Yeah, <laughs> nobody would even question. No, yeah. Timmy <laughs> Timmy will just leave in his apartment. His cat will eat him. But, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But I'm Ch- glad you've thought this through. Oh, God, yeah. We already, <laughs> I already know what has going to happen to Tim's squirrely ass. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Charles and Mamie, those people, fuck those people. Are they nope. even the ones that <laughs> – they are the ones that bailed her out. Sorry. Go ahead. They, oh, yeah. <laughs> I 
I'm reading this all for the first time, so I'm very they, excited. They they clearly felt a little guilty because Myrtle was granted a bail of fifty thousand dollars, which you have to imagine was a whole lot of money back then. And mm-hmm. among the friends who pulled their money to bail her out was Mamie and Charles. They guaranteed uh, some of people. the money. So, like, imagine this, though, like two people who witnessed your murder are the people who are helping your murderer get out of jail. I mean, that doesn't say a lot for poor Jack. It started as I told you, Jack's not bright. Yeah. Yeah. They they clearly felt Myrtle was justified a little or they felt guilty about, like you said, ratting her out from the jump. They did. They ratted on her. Fuckers. So it didn't take very long for this sensational story of a woman killing her husband over a bad bridge game to get out. And that's kind of the angle that played well in the press. We know historically people like to sell their newspapers, so they'll put the most shocking headline up there. So instead of making this about Jack abusing his wife, they made this about a bridge game. Yeah, it was the bridge game that was the problem. So the Bridge World magazine covered the case, (laughs) if believe it or not. Of course they did. Bridge World magazine. (laughs) That's right. It was popular. I mean, there's golf magazines, so I don't know. It was a popular publication. I've had card games like this. I've had card games like this. People start throwing shit. Yeah. Yeah, but we just like knock over tables and cuss each other out. Yeah, and, and then you move on. This is one reason I don't have guns in the house, I guess. People don't have to go to jail about it. They just, you know. Nah. You yeah, know in my family, like my on my mom's side, like we consider Uno is like a contact sport. Like, I mean, you, sure. oh, I swear, yeah. Uno really brings out the bad side of people. But, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I kind of was like, ooh, a woman, you know, killed her husband over a bridge game. I can see it, but... That's literally what everyone thought happened. And the Bridge World magazine ignored the details about the physical assault. And this was all about the drama of Bridge. The magazine even published all four hands in the game to analyze the issue with Jack's playing. But, I mean, obviously, they faked this. After the trauma of seeing someone killed... You don't really think Charles and Mamie remembered any fucking thing about those cards, right? Like, nobody Hell remembers. No. Wait a minute. So, I, wa- yeah. I also want to let damn. you know. Hold on, though. I want to let you know that if you want to, Bridge World Magazine uh, is still in publication. And God if you bless. Want to subscribe, you can go to their website and subscribe. It was founded in 1929. It is still a thing. Nice. What the actual well, hell? Well, if there's another murder over bridge, I might, but... Eh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, really, maybe I could learn how to play bridge in my quarantine time. It is the world's... Ugh. Well, and here's the best part. It is the world's leading bridge magazine. <laughs> the competition is stiff, oh, I am Jesus. sure. It's fierce. Fierce. <laughs> I find among, that fascinating. Among the myrtles and the mamies of the world... Oh, well, yeah. I mean, now at this point, you got to add the Ethels and the, you know, <laughs> Oh, so my, my, my grandmother's name is Hazel. And when I had my daughter and I gave her Hazel as a middle name and I told my grandmother, she said, why did you give that baby an old lady name? <laughs> I was like, Grandma, oh. <laughs> it's your old lady name. <laughs> hey, you know. The- I Those like old lady Hazel. names are coming back. They're come. They're. Ma- I mean, I have a kid named Graham. Those names are coming back. But so 
Regardless of the provocation for the killing, whether it was a bum bridge hand or it was, you know, physical assault, Myrtle knew she was going to need a good attorney. And thanks to these country club connections to influential people that she had through Jack, she managed to get James A. Reed to take her case. And I mean, I'm in Kansas City, so James A. Reed is a well-known name even today. We got shit named after him everywhere. He was really the best she could hope for in 1929. He was the mayor of Kansas City in 1900, and that's where he really came on the scene. He was later a senator from Missouri for 18 years. And right before Jack's murder, he had wrapped that up and was back in Kansas City. But Reed wanted to run for president one day. And he knew taking Myrtle's case would be good publicity. I mean, he's defending an abused woman in court, and that was going to be a good look for him with women voters because, you know, well, yeah. women are a quote-unquote special interest group. So that is who he well, is they had courting. they gotten the vote, basically. Yeah, right. they hadn't been all, voting for long. You're also going to get the bridge crowd. So, yes. I mean, <laughs> Hell yeah. They've got their whole magazine and everything. So Yeah. I mean, he's really courting multiple bases here to try to get that nomination. Of course, no one outside of Kansas City has ever heard of this dude, so clearly it didn't work. But yeah. he was a very talented attorney, very persuasive, very, very charming, and that goes over well with a jury. So About a month after Myrtle's arrest, another woman in Kansas City named Evelyn Helms went on trial for killing her abusive husband. And in spite of the overwhelming evidence of her husband's abuse, she was convicted and sentenced to 10 years in prison. So when Myrtle went to trial, she was terrified. When she heard that Evelyn got convicted, she collapsed. She just thought, you know, she can't basically get away with it then I won't either. But, yeah, so, you know, Myrtle Myrtle collapses a lot. Oh, I know. Myrtle needed some of those work Xanax that we've talked about off off the episode. (laughs) Work Xanax, yeah. (laughs) She needed something something to get her through this. She got the vapors. That's what she got. She got the vapors. (laughs) She has the vapors. That's right. But... This is interesting because James A. Reed decided not to go with the abused woman argument. Like Evelyn Helms had argued, he had a new theory of how this crime even happened. So when the trial began in February February 1931, Reed's story was laid out in his opening statement. So first he gets up there and I kid you not, he literally cried in front of the jury telling of Myrtle's difficult childhood. As one of my friends used to say, blah, 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 we all have a story, move on. Right. (laughs) And I'm sure the jurors, jurors were dabbing their eyes, whatever. So Reed is explaining to the jurors that they're going to hear that Jack was a good man, but he had a temper. But Myrtle didn't intend to shoot Jack at all. She was just getting him the gun on his orders like the dutiful and devoted 1920s wife that she was. Sure. As she carried the gun to Jack, she stumbled when she bumped into a chair. And that's how the gun went off. It was an automatic, so it accidentally fired two bullets in Jack's general direction. Could have happened to anyone. It could have happened to anyone. 
I tripped I'm over a chair. Yes. Yes. Totally oh, absolutely. This. <laughs> this is a master class in defense. Yes. So, so what you, you're saying is Atticus. I'm super clumsy, too. I like it. Atticus Finch. Atticus Finch, this guy is yes. not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is where we're not. going. So yeah. here's the thing that Jack wasn't hit with those two bullets. He, she fired again. So now how did how was this an accident? So what Reed is saying that instead of Jack running toward the door, like the investigators were saying, Jack actually rushed Myrtle and there was a struggle for the gun when it discharged and then it discharged again and shot him a second time. So both Did bullets hit Jack. That's the question. Yes. One of the so, bullets yeah. was near his, like almost <laughs> in his back. So kind of like the side almost to his back, but it was during a struggle. But if not for Jack's attack, he would still be alive. It is his fault, not Myrtle's. It's the magic JFK bullet. That's what it is. It's true. (laughs) It just bounces around the room. Just bounces around, took a 90-degree turn, came back. Yeah. 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 I mean, you don't know. Bullets do weird things, apparently. Oliver Stone wrote this shit out. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, that this is not an Oliver Stone movie is is the real tragedy here. It really is. It really is. That this is not any movie is a tragedy. Yeah, <laughs> this it's is compelling. this is a great story, and um, it's probably a I lifetime will. Movie. Yeah, I think this could definitely <laughs> lifetime movie. If this didn't happen in the twenties, this would be so sensational right now. So, oh hell yeah! The prosecutor's listening to this open statement, and he is stunned. This story didn't make any sense, and. It wasn't supported by the statements of Charles and Mamie Hoffman, who were the only two witnesses to the event. So once the jury heard their testimony, Myrtle's entire defense would fall apart, in theory. In theory. So Charles takes the stand and Paige questioned him about the events of the night, ready to destroy what Reed said in his opening statement. Charles testified about the game, the slapping, Jack moving around packing, being angry. All of that matched his initial statements. Then when Paige is trying to establish where Jack was standing at the time of the first two bullets, Paige asked Charles if Jack was standing near the dresser, and Charles said he was actually by the bed. Well, that's not what Charles said to the police or at the preliminary hearing on the case he was clear that Jack was rummaging through the dresser for clothes. And now this is very important because of the layout of the apartment. If Jack was across the room by the bed, then Jack was away from the doorway. Myrtle wouldn't have been able to see him. Therefore, she couldn't have purposely fired at him because she wouldn't have been able to see him. Now, if he was at the dresser, then yeah, she had a straight shot to him. So... Well, I'm sorry, but I'm proud of Charles for finally coming through. <laughs> he's, he, he is helping. Oh, he's helping Myrtle out here. So Paige oh, showed him. Yeah, Paige showed him his previous testimony. And it was like, dude, what? And Charles conceded <laughs> that, yeah, OK, Jack was moving back and forth between the dresser and the bed. But now he remembers he was probably over by the bed at this point when the shots were fired. Page presses him more on the details, showing him his previous statement again. And Charles was suddenly stricken by an acute case of amnesia. 
He simply couldn't remember what he said, what Myrtle said, what happened, pretty much anything about that night. And as you can imagine, the prosecutor, Page, was incredibly frustrated at this point. You know what? Snitches get stitches. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Charles at least knew that. Yeah. Him and fucking Mamie. Come on now. All right. Well, Erica. All right. Hit me. So next to take the stand was Annie Rice, Jack's sister. She testified that when she visited Myrtle after the murder, she didn't get the accident story. Myrtle had told her sister-in-law that the... Oh, excuse me. Myrtle... You've got me all tongue-tied on that word now, Brandy. (laughs) Myrtle told her sister-in-law the truth of why she killed Jack. I just got lost again. I'm sorry, ladies. You're all right. Somebody's going to have We're to We're all lost. Oh, Chuck doesn't edit anything. So. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Okay, well, that's even better. I'm just going to do that sentence ever. Myrtle told her sister-law that when the truth of why she killed Jack came out, Annie wouldn't feel so bad about it. I'm sure, you know, guessing that Annie would not approve of him smacking Myrtle around. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really my guess of what she meant by this statement, but... I mean, could you imagine if you killed somebody and told their sister, oh, you know what? Once you hear the whole story, you'll be glad I did it. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's still not exactly, uh, I don't know. Not yeah. a good look. Not, not, not so good. <laughs> okay. So, but on cross-examination, uh, Reed asked his questions to Annie at a bit of a distance. Annie had to ask him to speak up a few times and thanked him when he did because she was, you know, very polite. She was a bit hard of hearing, she explained. Reed glanced at the jury, hoping they caught on. Could Annie really be relied on to have heard much of what Myrtle said? Hmm. The plot thickens. Yes, it does. So Jim Page, considering his options, yeah, our boy Jim, he decided not to call the other two people in the apartment that night. Alice would probably just simply defend her daughter. I mean, I would too. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And Paige had no reason to believe that Mamie's memory would be any better than her husband Charles's. But the defense decided to call Mamie for their side. Mamie testified that Jack slapped Myrtle four or five times at least. On cross-examination, Paige decided to ask her as well about what happened that night, and she proved his instinct right. Her husband's amnesia was contagious. Good job, Mamie. She couldn't seem to remember much of anything about the actual shooting. It just probably fell right out of her poor little head. Yeah, poor Mamie. what she had said in previous statements, I don't know. Just can't remember now. Sorry. That's what they get for infantilizing women. But anyway, (laughs) after Mamie stepped down from the stand, Reed pulled in a parade of witnesses to other incidents of abuse by Jack. Everyone said the same thing. The couple had seemed deeply in love and happy until Jack would get angry and hit Myrtle. Isn't but that the if way this it killing, is? well, I mean, right? Yeah, you're so in love until somebody smacks the shit out of you. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, but I love him. Brandy's favorite line. Oh, but I love him. <laughs> but I love him. I know. I wish a okay, motherfucker would. So- yeah i'm pretty sure my husband's scared of me but yeah yeah, okay yeah moving on uh but if this killing was a trip over the chair accident why would it matter if jack was abusive 
That would only matter if they were looking at a self-defense or extreme emotional distress to justify the shooting. So what Reed was doing here was smart. He was setting up a scenario so that if the jury did not believe the accident story, they still had a second reason to acquit. He was basically arguing two defenses at the same time, and he didn't really give a shit how the, which jury or which one the jury decided to hang their hat on. Uh, Jim Page did his best to argue against allowing this, but he was overruled again and again by the very kind and nice judge. <laughs> because I, I kind of like this two defense, you know, it's smart. strategy. It's working for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Reed was okay. Reed was trying to be sneaky and the judge was just letting him do it. And I mean, honestly, that trip over the chair defense, I mean, it just sounds like BS, right, from the start. Yeah. So. So Reed's like, let me sneak in this second thing. So maybe that'll get her off. But I mean, can you blame anybody? That lady did just get 10 years. So, yeah. I mean, why not give two tries at the same yep. apple in one courtroom? Okay. So first thing on the morning of Wednesday, March 4th, 1931, Myrtle Bennett took the witness stand on her own behalf, in her own defense. She tearfully told the story of what happened the night of the murder. She was just terrified as Jack pulled out the gun. Oh, excuse me. She was terrified as Jack pulled on the gun that she was holding, begging him to be careful. Please, please, Jack, be careful. She's saying. Somehow, the gun went off. We've all she been just there. doesn't know. We've all just, been there. Yeah, I mean, guns just do that. You they know, do. that's how that works. Um, so Jim Page did take his best shot trying to rattle old Myrtle, but, um, she was stronger than she seemed and she stood firm in her story. Um, and any odd details or gaps in the story, uh, she, she got the same answer that ever, she basically gave the same answer that everybody else did. I don't remember. It was all a fog. Except the parts about how she didn't mean to shoot her husband. She definitely didn't mean to do it, although she still had a pretty good case of amnesia. It was an epidemic in Kansas City at the time, little known Clearly. historical yeah. fact. Clearly. They should have worn sure. masks. They should have. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's in all our history books here. 1929, the pandemic of amnesia. Well, that would be a good time to forget. Like, you're going right into the Great Depression. Maybe they should have moved it up a few years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we would like to forget a couple of those years in there. Yeah. Okay, so after Myrtle's testimony, the defense rested, and Jim Page called a rebuttal witness, Bird Rice. A bird? bird. You gotta love his name. Yeah, his bird name is Help me Rice. out with this one, Brandy. It's not just what? Bird, it's B-Y-R-D. Bird with a Y. Bird with a Y. Yeah. <laughs> bird I mean, he's being all goth about it, it back like in the thing. damn 20s, but whatever. Yeah. Mm. So Bird was Jack's nephew, and he spoke with Myrtle about six weeks after Jack died and said she walked him through the apartment, telling him exactly what happened and how. The shooting was no accident. This rebuttal witness was a blow to Myrtle's defense if he was allowed to testify. But, of course, James Reed, our smart little James Reed, objected. So Bird was not on the witness list at the start of the trial, and the defense did not have time to interview him independently or investigate his claims, which is kind of important. Mm -hmm. Jim Page argued that the state didn't know about Bird's story until another witness, Annie Rice, told them about it after the trial began. That's why Bird wasn't on the witness list earlier. The problem with this is that Bird actually did tell the prosecutor's office about the statements immediately after Myrtle supposedly made them. 
He spoke to an assistant prosecutor nearly a year and a half before the trial. But I'm sure that this prosecutor also suffered from the epidemic of amnesia. Accurate. Um, and, and totally mm-hmm. forgot. And plus, this assistant prosecutor left the office and never passed on this information. So technically, the error wasn't Jim Page's fault personally, but it was an error on the part of the prosecution team, you know, on, on the part of their office. So the judge ruled that the defendant shouldn't be at a disadvantage because of this. So Bird Rice left the stand not having said a word. I like I think that he's that that name should just be like one word. Bird rice. <laughs> like Carol bird Baskins. Rice. God, that ain't yes. <laughs> Carol Baskins, Bird Rice. Some people just have bitch, it's Carol just Baskin. one name. That bitch, Carol okay. Baskin. That's her yep. full Christian name, actually, That's at this point. On her birth certificate now. <laughs> on her birth certificate. The oh, state amended Baskin. it. <laughs> on her headstone, if, if, if at nothing else. Oh, you know okay. somebody will do that, though. No shit. Yeah. Okay. So even though Bird couldn't tell the joy excuse me, the jury, his story, no one could really stop him from telling the newspapers. So naturally, his big mouth, you know, ran off and told everybody. Fucking bird rice. He said Myrtle, I know, right? That fucking bitch bird. Um, He said Myrtle walked him through the apartment, showing her movements, and what she said backed up the earliest statements of Charles and Mamie. None of this stuff about tripping on a chair or a struggle. She told Bird that she ran into the bedroom after the first two shots missed, and she chased Jack into the living room, where she fired again. She chased his ass, God and she right flat she out told his nephew that. Like, I'm kind of loving Myrtle here, but think, except that, well, you know, why, it, why would you admit to this? It kind of makes her not real bright either, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, it's kind of like, fuck you. I chased him in there and shot him. What are you going to do about it? You're goddamn right. Anyway, as Jack reached for the front door, she fired one more final time, hitting him in the back. Like, that's the best part. Yep. You know, whenever somebody's hit in the back, it's so hard to say self-defense or anything else. But our girl Myrtle, you know, she's doing pretty good. Yeah. And, of course, she had the help of the judge because the jurors really never heard any of this. And it's debatable if they would have even changed their minds. Bird was related to the victim, and he certainly had a stake in having his uncle's killer brought to justice. There was a motive for him to lie. On the other hand, his story did back up the original stories of Charles and Mamie. Um, But, like we've said, they never got to hear the story, so it didn't matter. After closing statements, it took the jury eight hours to find Myrtle Bennett not guilty for the murder of her husband, Jack. Now, eight hours ain't no little bit of time. I mean, usually, like... When you're definitive about something, you always read or hear that the jury only took like two hours or three yep. hours. They definitely thought about it. They, they considered it. Sure. Um, and it's not that the jury believed the death was an accident. Reed hadn't quite convinced them of actual innocence, but he had managed to open up enough reasonable doubt that they felt they had no choice but to let old Myrtle go. Myrtle. So Myrtle left Kansas City after the trial. As you would she do. Me, uh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I would be like, she bye. Took her sweet, yes. Bye, bye, y'all. Bye. Bye, buddy. Exactly. Um, so she took her sweet ass to New York City and worked her way up to being the executive head of housekeeping at the Carlisle, Ho- excuse me, at the Carlisle Hotel in New York. That's a tongue twister. Anyway, <laughs> she never remarried. Can't blame you, girl. And she kept to herself, even though she continued to play bridge with her friends. She's got its own <laughs> I magazine. Love that. I fucking love that. <laughs> So, um, she just never mentioned her life in Kansas City at the card table. You know, I mean, that, that seems smart, too. And she eventually retired to Florida 
as you do. And Myrtle's simple living meant that she had saved most of the money she earned. When she died in 1992, at the age of 96, she left behind a million-dollar estate. And she left $600,000 of it to Jack's surviving family. And many people see this as a final act of penance for being the cause of Jack's death and for, you know, getting away with it. No. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it, it, it could be, and it could be that she really didn't have family of her own. She didn't um, have. It could be that she yeah. still had some fondness for his family. It wasn't their fault. Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure his parents were dead at that point, but, you know, it wasn't their fault that. You know, Jack was a dickhead who smacked people around. Well, yeah, surviving so, family know, wasn't going to survive that much longer anyway. I mean, hell, she was 96. How do you think yeah. the surviving family is? They're in their 80s, I'm, I'm assuming this has to be, like, great nephews, yeah, great nieces. Yeah, that's who that kind of... she left it to, like, his, his like, nieces and nephews and their, and their children. Because, you know, he didn't have any yeah. children. She didn't. Her mother was her only relative. And obviously, Myrtle's 96. Her mother's long dead by then. Um, she left the rest of the money to, like, charity and, like, friends and little things. But, I mean, the bulk of it went to the family. And I don't know. I, even if I even if her accident story was true, which it wasn't, the abuse story is true. She just was done being abused. And after a night of drinking, she shot him and killed him. She could still feel guilty about that, even if she's justified. You know, you don't feel good that you killed yeah. somebody, no matter how justified you are, unless you're like okay. a psychopath. So she probably Settle still down. felt she, bad. Settle down with all that. Don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, most of us I don't think wouldn't you need to be feel bad. out names either. <laughs> I, I won't. I won't. Sociopath. I won't name names. But some people would still feel bad. Some people would and would give. Still want to make it better. And so it's interesting, though, that she waited till she died to give it to them when I'm sure they're all, you know, all the ones she knew were already dead. So she just gave it to people who probably never met her and never met Jack. And maybe Which, not even I mean, that story. just makes her sound like a great yeah. benefactress. And she might have been a family legend at this point, but it was nobody that actually supported Jack or knew them. So, I mean, that kind of makes more sense, too. Yeah, oh, she's a legend. She's, she's a, legend. a legend. Oh, you know she's a damn legend. You know. You know, at that point with the grandnieces and nephews, did you know that old Aunt Myrtle yeah. shot Uncle Jack over a game of bridge? Like, that's like a, the best family story. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Terrible. Yep. Terrible of me. So I, the, I name of, no. the name of the book on this case, if you anyone out there wants to really get into it. it Is it Bridge it Over kinda, Troubled Water? No, it, it's got, it's got, that's actually a really good name. I would have probably used that. Thanks, no. Man. It's it's called the Devil's Tickets, and it goes <laughs> it goes back and forth between this story and like how bridge became a really popular card game in this time. So it's the it's like a, of bridge. It's like a really weird. It's a it's an interesting book, you know. But at least it's divided in chapters. So if you don't really care about the bridge history, you could just skip those and get back to the oh, yeah, to the good. the murder story. So that's a you know a good little tip. But I really love this story because it. I mean, it took place in Kansas City. The building they lived in is still there. Um, I'll post a picture of it in the history dweebs group. It's, I mean, it's still there and it's kind of funny because it's this old building with all like the newer construction around it. But um, yeah, I mean, I love a good Kansas City story. 
Ooh, do we have any photos of Myrtle or Jack or anybody? I'm dying to see what they actually look like. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll dig up. I'm pretty sure there are some pictures of her, especially with um with James A. Reed. I mean, he put this. The story was already kind of sensationalized, but then getting a big name national figure to be your defense attorney that really turned it up a notch. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, and the book also covers the fact that James A. Reed like was a philanderer, which and has a whole <laughs> oh he has a whole second like he has got a whole he's a whole person. <laughs> he's an interesting guy himself. I wonder what happened to Brittany. Yeah, poor Brittany. Up in St. Joe, still waiting for Jack to come on the business trip. Myrtle's a handsome woman. Myrtle could have done better. Oh, did you look her up? Yeah, I looked her up. Handsome, you say? She's a handsome. That's always like a nice way of saying. No, 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 no. I mean, she's cute. I mean, you know, the 20s, everybody always looks so fucking serious. And here's here's the. What the hell did I just stumble across? Because here's the fucking. Hands of cards that everybody had playing. Bridge. Yeah, yeah, and the fake. That, but I'm looking at it, and it's like I don't even understand what the fuck this means. So yeah, no, I wouldn't forget either. that. But yep, there's Myrtle. There yep. she is. But that's probably the photograph for the magazine, right? Ah, uh, probably. Probably. Yeah. Right. Too funny. Yeah, I bet Jack was just a turd. Yeah. As was Charles. Oh, sounds like he was a turd. Well, let's see. I, you know, I got, I'm going to hand it to Charles to, you know, having some amnesia at trial. He did the right thing. Yeah, he, he I mean, he got it together. Yeah, yeah. Did he? Did he? Though? Well, I mean, you got to <laughs> think. He, when he told the police what happened and they're going to trial, I mean, maybe he really believed she would get off on self-defense. Um, and then, of course, you know, as they heard about that other woman and Myrtle decided to change her story, he supported her. Yeah. Well, so I like that. <laughs> here's the thing. So first of all, I'm looking at Charles and Mamie here. And they look like just absolute dickweeds. And <laughs> they look but, really severe. Yeah. But, you know, Jack, Jack's kind of dapper. But, yeah, I can see yeah. how he'd be a, he'd be a uh, asshole. I can look at that and see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's something He's in the eyes. Oh yeah. He is a player. What an ass. I mean he <laughs> but he looks I mean he's a he is a nice looking guy. But I could see how he would also be one of those people that like if you make him look bad or whatever, that there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> You're like uh, pass. <laughs> yeah. Well Has Myrtle redeemed her name for you? Brandy? No, Myrtle's still a stupid name. <laughs> so, I know, it's, it's just a ridiculous name. First name. I mean, I and I off. still don't want to learn bridge. So, no. <laughs> Dude, I think we're all on the same team here. <laughs> that little that little bit that they were showing, and then they're like, and then she let they were showing how they played the hand, and it was like she let a spade one, and I'm like, what the fuck does that? Mean? <laughs> what does what that does spade even mean? One. Like, are you going to make me math? Because I don't math. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Whatever. So anyway, all right, guys. Well, I appreciate everything. Yeah. I appreciate Thank you everything for having you guys us. Do. And well, hey, anytime, just say the word. If I can, if I can get any time away from these boys, <laughs> fucking zombie. I'm apocalypse. so excited to get to be able to like you know cuss and be my raunchy little self. I yeah, know. so I love nice. It. I love it. 
But um, thank you guys for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. And thank you for having us. Hey, no problem. And thank you, Charlie, very much for the script. It was amazing, as usual. You're welcome. And so that's all we got for this week. So everybody, we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Bye. And we're hitting in now on record, right? Yeah. At the same time? Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.